Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. The driver's seat. It's Redemption Day for Daniel Ricciardo. He wins the Monaco Grand Prix. The Drivers' Seat with Matt McKeldin and Stephen Johnson. For Kubota, together we are building Australia. How awesome was the Supercars E-Series? It was fantastic. That's how good it was. You're listening to the driver's seat across Australia. Thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. And remember, you can rev up your smartphone with the driver's seat app. It is available in the App Store. And it's also the best way to listen to Matt and Steve live every single Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as the lads cover everything that happens in the BP Supercars All-Star E-Series as it happens. Now, Jason Matthews will steer the ship in my absence on a Wednesday night, but the boys covered off the latest headlines before the first race on Wednesday night. Now, big news around during the week. I mean, we just saw uh, Scotty McLaughlin win then. What about the uh, the Indy race uh, he won? Uh, his preparation was interesting, though, boys. Got up about an hour and ten minutes before the race, had a coffee, some toast, did some stretches, did qualifying, <laughs> yeah. and then after that he watched an episode of Maths <laughs> so he could stay awake before racing. Is that is that that's not V eight style? Uh, well, if you were to watch maths, that'd put me to sleep. That wouldn't <laughs> uh, that wouldn't keep me awake. But uh, yeah, I mean, they I think he did qualifying. And then there was like half an hour, 45 minutes yep. before the race. And so he, he ended up watching a bit of TV. I mean, the life of a supercar driver, Stevie J, clearly uh, you're done as a supercar driver. You're a How do you or, know, mate? Uh, or... Alex Davison's back in there. How do you know? <laughs> because you'd have to lose about 50 kilos uh, and you'd have, to get, you'd have to get fit again. But seriously, I mean, this is for these guys, this is all we've got at the moment. And it's, it's a different life for them. And getting up for Scotty Mack, who won that race, incidentally, uh, pretty good way to keep sharp. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, he's starting to build that rapport, I guess, with those drive, those IndyCar drivers. Because, I mean, let's face it, and, and I certainly haven't been told specifically, but, you know, you look at him, you look at his test. You, he was racing. He's racing in IndyCar this year, hopefully, if, if it all goes to plan. Um, the writing's on the wall. He's going to be there racing IndyCars in the future, let's let's face it. He's already got the rapport with all the IndyCar drivers. Um, you know, he's met a lot of them. He's been on the track with them. He's now, obviously, e-racing with them as well. Um, and to actually just sit there and listen to them talk to each other in practice or in qualifying is quite cool. So all of a sudden, they've they've already, I think, taken him in as almost part of the, the IndyCar crowd. And uh, and I, th- I can't wait to see him over there 
uh, and see how he goes in that open wheeler. Does that mean that we – will this be his last season in the V8s, do you think? And if we don't get back on the track, it would be really sad that we don't get to see him again. Yeah, it would. It would, absolutely. But um, we don't know. You know, we don't know what's happening. Um, who knows what's going to – play out in the next Mate. six months, honest. No, as in... Like, He's just, going into car just, racing. But just in general, in the so world. We you know, you might don't know not see him again. Uh, we, look, we might if, not see him again. If this horrendous thing keeps going, we absolutely may not see him again. I think it's... It's the worst kept secret in pit lane. He's definitely going indie car racing. Roger Penske loves him. He's fast. He's got the right personality. Off he goes. I think the bigger question is, yes, if we don't start, we won't see him again. And then, of course, that opens up a seat at DJR Team Penske as well, and who's going to go there? But... So much to play out over, I wouldn't even say the, the next six months, boys. I'd say the next two to three months. Because if you think about our sport, how do you cross the borders when the borders mm. are shut down? Mm. Um, how do you how do you logistically and legally do it all? It's the same issue with every sport and it's yeah. the same issue globally. And it's it's clearly had an impact on the business of supercars because, you know, they've, they've come out and said that they've scaled back their operations. I've spoken to a number of supercar staff that have been stood down, some on leave and some contractors simply not getting paid. Yeah, which brings me to the next point. Speed Cafe have reported today that supercars has scaled back its operation quite heavily as well. Yeah, I, and I think they're, they're not immune like every other sport and every other business in Australia right now, if not the, the planet. So um, uh, it's no surprise that they've been stood down. Um, I know that Sean Seymour and the, and the senior management are in constant contact with the teams. I got a phone call from one team owner the other day that ran through six or seven different uh, possibilities of when we could start again. But I think it's all just going to depend on as we hear every day from the leaders of our country, social isolation, stay indoors, flatten the curve, all that sort of mm. stuff. If we can do all that, I'm hoping we can get back to racing. The good thing about it, though, is it's really it's really bolstered um, the behind-the-scenes look and the personalities of not only the, not only the V8 supercar drivers or supercar drivers, a lot of athletes around the world, you know. So all of a sudden now, to be able to keep, uh, keep them out in the public eye and keep you know, sponsors happy and all that sort of stuff. They're having yeah. to do, look outside the box to do what they need to do. Uh, and that's why this is good. You know, that's why the, the, the inside line, Doco on uh, Erebus on Fox Sports yep. with uh, Dave Reynolds and Anthony Pasquale, obviously, and the Penrite racing team is fantastic. I think we're up to uh, number three. Is it three is or it? four? Uh, episode three, three or, or four, four. Yep. now. And it's just a sensation to watch. It's, it is a, uh, a no-holes-barred, inside the garage, total exposure look at what goes on. And, you know, yes, there's beeped out swearing in it, there's everything. <laughs> so you see, um, you know, basically exactly what it's like to be, you know, a supercar driver and, and, and sometimes how hard it can be. And I, it, it's interesting you talk about um, ways of keeping our, our fans engaged. Think of global sport, Roger Federer, I saw on Twitter, I think it was today, encouraging people to take a video of their swing, their forehand and their backhand, sending it to his account, and he will coach that swing and give you some coaching. So I think what we're doing here with supercars in a, in a moment of no other sport, we're keeping everybody engaged. We're trying to keep everybody engaged. Um, as you say, Fox Sports with the inside line, um, good numbers right now on, on Supercar's Facebook site. Uh, and every, I think everything's going to be okay as long as we can keep doing this. Now, is there any chance um, that we could see the V8s going into a bubble like the AFL and the NRL are, are looking at now? 
Well, I think, yeah, I think there's a stink possibility there could be, you know. Like, there's no reason why supercars couldn't converse for a race uh, all organised by supercars where the teams are isolated in all... The, the, the whole show is isolated together in one hotel, yep. all in buses, in and out, you know, minimal contact with... No support categories, no TV, su- no support TV categories. audience only. Could be done. Um, but as as I said earlier, it's, we're currently all in discussions with governments of every state saying, can we move trucks around the country? And what would be the ideal location? If that was to happen, what 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 would be the top picks? Any permanent track, because yeah. you couldn't do that to a street circuit. Could you, you, you couldn't imagine Townsville, the Gold Coast, something like that, where they build this street circuit, lock yeah. down the... It couldn't be done. So I think... Possibly you're having a couple of races at Bathurst this yep. year, a lo- the long yeah, race I'm hearing maybe. that. And then possibly a sprint race. I'm hearing that. Yeah, I'm hearing that. Go through the summer, extend the season into the summer, go across to the Bathurst 12-hour, finish off the season at the Bathurst 12-hour, which, of course, Supercar owns as well. So a couple of races at Bathurst. You might see Phillip Island as a permanent circuit return to the category because that's off the calendar. Queensland QR. I mean, I'm, I'm... hearing through various people that it could actually kick off at QR midway through the year. That's Ipswich, right? That's Ipswich, yes. Imagine everyone in a caravan living at Ipswich. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, you're right. As we, We're just looking at some vision here of, uh, of Rick Kelly in his homemade wooden... Uh, his 4B2 with a, with a, uh, is that, is that a Oh, he's got a furry steering, steering wheel. He's got a furry steering wheel cover, so good on him. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, we could kick off the season, and this is in no way, shape or form confirmed or or I've had this is actually going to happen. Uh, we could kick off at, at Ipswich halfway through the year, and uh, um, there'd be no fans, but we might be able to do it for TV. There'd be no support categories, so you can't go out and win another TCM race. Oh, thanks. Uh, we'd just be watching it on TV. Get the app if you can't. Get near a radio to hear the lads live every Wednesday night covering the E-Series as it happens. You listen to The Driver's Seat for Kubota, building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. It is the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota. Together, we're building Australia. Remember to pop this in your calendar that you can listen to Matt and Steve live on a Wednesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hang out with the lads live during the E-Series. Get the app and have a listen. Time for this week's feature interview for IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR. Lads caught up with the one and only Dick Johnson. Hey, uh, sorry, Dad. I was uh, was just about to – I know you said give you a five-minute – Text warning. I was actually just texting when we when we introduced you. So sorry, I'm only five minutes late there. Well, well nothing's changed, has it? <laughs> <laughs> he did scramble into the studio. <laughs> very, very. Yeah. Hey, do, do you reckon in, in your history, um, did you ever see a point in time that you thought the country might be sitting down to watch supercars? That are actually not racing on a circuit, but racing on a computer. Did is this something that you would have ever thought of? Well, you know something, I just like I was born in just at the end of World War Two, and the number of things that, uh, or the number of changes I've seen through my life, I think it, it would, would, I think it'd be pretty important or unbelievable to see something happen uh, in another generation like this with computers coming in and and like computers to me were. I couldn't. I really couldn't get my head around them, and still haven't, because I've got to ring him to find out what how I make a phone call. <laughs> hey, what? Uh, I mean, you and I both know 
you know, how far it's come over the years. Obviously, it wasn't really around in your career. It was just sort of starting to get some legs throughout my supercar driving career. And, and now it's just gone gone mental, hasn't it? So, I mean, have, like we know that obviously DJR Team Penske have got a simulator at, uh, at the facility there. How much work goes on on that simulator? And, and in your opinion, how relevant is it? Well, obviously now it's it's very relevant. You know, when you see uh, the number of hours that our guys uh, sit down and spend on a uh, on this simulator that we have at work, and and the amount of time that we have guys working on the, the setups on the simulators and things like that, it's it's really a really big part of uh, of the whole scene now, and not only in supercars but certainly um, every other form of motorsport. And I, bet, I hope it don't get. I hope it don't get into bloody <laughs> Hyundai XLs. I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we know that one. Jet Johnson has been uh, has been sitting on the simulator trying to give a crack at his old man's lap time, uh, driving around. Is it? Have you ever sat in a sim, Dick? Have you ever sat and done laps and thought to yourself, "This is not for me"? Or if you did it, how good were you? Well, let's put it this way: the the sims that uh, we used or should I say the video games we used years ago were certainly nothing like they are now. Uh, mate, the last thing I played was Pac-Man. So, you know, that gives you a bit of an idea of where I'm at, you know. And and uh, I don't want to get myself on there and make myself look like a complete and utter idiot because uh, these things may have changed an awful lot, but maybe one day when nobody's at work, I'll get in and have a bit of a run. <laughs> I was just watching some of the footage of uh, supercars because, of course, they've gone live now on uh, on Ten Play on their Facebook and a few other bits and pieces. Um, we were just talking about how serious the guys take it, and of course, your guys, Scott McLaughlin and Fabian Coulthard, absolutely red hot. Got the sponsor boards behind them, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Dave Reynolds and I, we were just talking about Dave Reynolds, your yeah. son and I, saying how he might get serious, and then of course, up on the screen comes Dave Reynolds dressed up like one of the Mario Mario brothers. So I'm not entirely sure that Dave is taking this as importantly as the two DJRT Penske guys. Well, maybe he might be going to McDonald's. I don't know where he's going, but at the end of the day, our guys, you know, no matter what it is in, in our category of sport in, in supercars, we take it very, very seriously. And, and I think our guys are doing the right thing. And, and look, at the end of the day, we've got to come out with sponsors after this rubbish is finished with this uh, COVID-19 thing. And, and we've got to make sure that we've got a, a business to go back to. And, and we take it very seriously. Hey, listen, I know you're um, in, uh, like you've, you go into work a fair bit, you have a lot of, what do you call them, like teleconferences and things. And um, it, it's one of those ones where you know a bit more about going on than, than what we do. What's um, what's going on? I mean, I know, is there a chance that the, the supercars are going to get back racing again, possibly without fans? And, and you know, how long will that be? I know it's probably something that if you do know, you probably can't talk about, but um, you can tell me later when, when I get, get well, home. But, uh, and then, and then well, I'll promote it. Why the bloody hell do you but, ask me, you dope? <laughs> <laughs> no, is that, has that been discussed? Like, it's always been discussed, of course, but at the end of the day, this is a moving target, you know, and and when you've got a moving target, you've just got to be able to sort of run with the punches. And, 
And at this point in time, I think you'll find that um, it, uh, things could change very, very quickly. And hopefully we can get back to some serious racing uh, as soon as possible. And when that is, I really don't know. I mean, and on a serious note, Dick, is is this iRacing and, and the eSports Championship, is this something that could save our sport, the motor racing industry, for the short term? Do you, or do you see when we go back to racing uh, live that the eSports thing will continue on? Or, or is this just going to be a stopgap measure, do you think? Uh, but could it be a saviour for our sport? Well, honestly, I believe that uh, the situation that we have with uh, supercars is, that, and, and and motor racing in general, it's it's more adaptive to uh, to to this sort of thing than any other sport. When you when you have a look at some of the other ones that have had a go at, at sort of uh, getting their deal up on the on the screen, it really doesn't work. You know, you you kick a football, it's really not like the same, is it? So uh, motor racing has been doing this for a long, long time, and I can go way back into into the into the 80s when we first started all this sort of stuff with computers and that, and the cars move around like you, like you're on a bloody uh, a, a drafts board, you know. They, the cars moved in chunks, you know, and and now it's really come to the point where you can actually adjust the car and do all that sort of stuff and and have strategies where. Yeah, I think the other sports are going to struggle because they haven't sort of kept up with the speed. Hey, if you've got a question, by the way, for Dick, call us on 1300 736 736 or the speckled text machine 0433 98 11 16. Now, I know that uh, obviously your grandson is uh, into racing at the moment. I know you, know you and I have been discussing what to be able to do for him to to give him that little bit of edge and and, uh, and try to, I guess, push along his, his driving sort of uh, learning capability there. So is, is this something that, you know, I know we've spoken about it. I know we've, we've spoken to SimWorks about it, about trying to get a, a sim for him. And, uh, you know, we're working through that. We, it looks like, you know, there could be a chance there. But you really think that if he's on something like this, uh, you know, two, three, four days a week in between... Uh, his race meetings, do you think that it's going to really benefit him getting back into his car when he finally does get back into it after a week, two weeks, even a month off? Well, look, let me tell you, the SimWorks thing is just so adjustable. You can make it, you know, for uh, like a like a H-pattern gearbox. You can make it for sequential. You can make it the paddle shift, whatever you want. And and that's, that's the, the best part about the whole deal is you can make it suit anything you want in in the way of whatever category of sport your motorsport you're in, and um, as long as it doesn't interfere with his uh, with his homework and things like that, which <laughs> yeah right, um, <laughs> I know what you'd pr- prefer to do, but uh, you, you've, you've got to realise that the technology is there these days to be able to put in whatever situation you want, and and I think that's fantastic because when they go back out there as long as they don't get to a point where they believe it is the 100% reality of what racing is all about um, it's pretty close but at the end of the day uh, when you hit something it hurts and it's interesting we're, we're sort of getting ready to the getting ready to the the start of the race I did qualifying a little bit earlier at Phillip Island and Steve and I talked a bit a bit earlier about the young crew dick that they might actually 
get up and have a real crack here in perhaps in an environment where they perhaps would not be able to. They've just put up the starting grid for the E-Series, the first race, and as expected, SVG and Anton Di Pasquale are P1 and 2. But Bryce Fullwood in the Walkinshaw Commodore. It's been a long time since we saw a Walkinshaw Commodore up in third place and Gary Jacobson in sixth. So that theory of these young blokes getting up and having a crack is certainly uh, ringing true. And Wing Cup. In like twenty fourth. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's the nature of you know how quickly things are moving uh, with the age group of of what we're dealing with here. You know, these guys have been brought up. The younger generation have been brought up on this. Where I'm, I'm talking older generation. I'm talking guys that are like thirty in in their mid to late thirties. And God damn, you got to be kidding. Um, things are moving that quick that you got to really keep. Uh, keep your eye on exactly everything that's going on. And that's exactly what we're doing now because the race is going to start. So this is the uh, obviously the inaugural race of the E-Series with all of the different drivers, their liveries as we're sort of looking down pit lane. We're seeing cracks of fire outside of the uh, out of the cars as they bring them up to the rev limit. How real do they look? It looks unbelievably real. I can't believe it. Uh, Someone's gone already. Fullwood's gone. Uh, (laughs) It looks as though Mark Winterbottom just got shuffled off the road fairly indignantly as well. But um, You'll be happy to know, Dad, that Scotty went from P3 to P1 on the start. Yeah, P3 to P1 and the side of it's bugging, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's relatively uh, real, hey, Bryce hey, Fullwood, uh, now mate, going I wide don't... at turn three. <laughs> yeah, well, the side of it looks like my dinner right at this point in time. So. <laughs> <laughs> but how good is it, Dick, to be sitting down finally our last race, of course, at the Adelaide 500 some, what, two months ago, and then all of a sudden, as we see a clean shot of the 17, the side of that car is absolutely munted. But here's the good here's the good thing, Dick. You don't have to pay for it. Don't worry about it. But how good is it to be actually sitting in front of a screen, watching a bit of racing, having a laugh? This is awesome. It, it's and, – and the way it sort of plays out is I cannot believe how realistic it is. It's just amazing. And uh, I know damn well that, that Scotty has always said that Phillip Island, this is my joint, you know. So uh, he, he loves the place, and uh, except for the side of the car, everything else looks good. <laughs> and actually, Fabian's got a good start too. I'm not sure. I think he started about 10th, 11th or 12th. He's up to third. So uh, it's looking pretty good at the moment. Van Gisbergen's back to ninth. Oh, actually, someone's speared off. Oh. Heimgarten's yeah. gone. So it's a Shell oh. V-Power Racing 1 and 2 at what the moment. What a surprise to see a Shell yeah. V-Power <laughs> P1 and P2. This well, is just like the real put, deal. <laughs> no, no. Put the checkered flag out, will you? <laughs> but right. I think it's going to be interesting, Dick, as we go along through this whole process. The, the guys and girls are all going to learn what they need to do. The broadcast people are going to sharpen up what they're doing. Great to see Neil Crompton and, and Jess Yates and Matty White heading up the coverage. I think Supercars needs to be applauded, boys, for for bringing this to the fore and giving us all something to watch and, and enjoy. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. And I think that... Uh... You know, there's a couple of young guys in there you've got to watch because, um, especially in this sort of stuff, young Kostecki's the one you've got to look out for. <laughs> he lives on it. All right, Dick. Look, it's been a pleasure, mate. I know you're staring at your dinner drooling. What's on the menu tonight? Well, well it's whatever it is, it's charred, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's...
legend of the racing game, Dick Johnson. Thanks for joining us tonight on The Driver's Seat Goes iRacing. Pleasure, mate. Thank you so much. Yeah, Dick Johnson was our feature interview. Thanks to IMAR Insurance, the tradies, mate. Call 13IMAR or visit imar.com.au. You're listening to The Driver's Seat across Australia for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together we're building Australia. This is The Driver's Seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota Building Australia and throughout the BP Supercars All-Star E-Series. Matt and Steve will be live on the driver's seat app. So grab it from the App Store and Google Play. Download it every single Wednesday night with the E-Series up and running. Listen to the boys on the smartphone and have a bit of a laugh as we check out the awesome series. Now, the lads had a special guest on the show Wednesday night. Barry Ryan, the CEO of Erebus Motorsport, dropped by for a chat. No worries. I can't believe you said a special guest. I've been called special, but it's usually for another reason. Hey, <laughs> that's hey, our first show. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Hey, Barry, are you sitting down watching watching your boys at work here tonight? Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I'm watching. Um, Anton looks like he's going to win this race, hopefully. And Dave, I don't even know where Dave is. Doesn't get him far enough, I think. <laughs> he yeah. sort of, he was, he was dominant Seven. early. Oh, shit, he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He was dominant early, was Dave Reynolds, but it uh, uh, looks like after his pit stop, he's, he's fired straight down the order. Uh, who's doing the, who's doing the, uh, who's behind the scenes crunching the numbers on when and how they should stop? I think, um, I think Brody's um, Anton's engineer tonight, and um, I think our data guy, Tom Moore, probably on um, Dave's car. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing to see that. It's not just the the drivers getting involved in this barrier. It's there's there's a lot of the team personnel that's into it and uh, uh, really pushing on, you know, to try to make this series as good as it can be. Yeah, I've really pushed the guys that um, our part of our engineering group. Mirko's working pretty hard with us on the medical stuff, but Al's leading it with Paul Thompson, our commercial guy. To, um, basically, I said we're going to go out and win this. We're not we're not doing this to stuff around. So. Um, We've got yeah, two data engineers that can get a bit more experience on um, things doing this, working with the drivers a bit closer. And Al, obviously, he's, you know, he doesn't have to engineer the car, but he can help <laughs> with the management side and step up to that sort of plate a bit to make sure we, we get all our ducks in a row and make sure we're doing as good as anyone else. And obviously, the commercial side and the media side and PR and we're trying to treat it like a normal race meeting. Um, Barry, I, in this time right now, I've been... Pretty, I've been watching and reading everything that's been going on with motorsport. Been pretty proud with the way our sport, both here in Australia and globally, has stepped up to the mark from a medical point of view. Right now, no one's spinning any spanners on Penrite Commodores, but but your team, and specifically your team, have been doing a heap on the medical side, which you mentioned earlier. Just take us through that and, and how many of the people within the factory are working uh, uh, around that sort of project. Yeah, in the factory, there's only four of us. It's um, me, our crew chief, Dennis, uh, Mirko, our, um, our racing gym manager, and um, uh, Brad Tremaine, our number one mechanic on Dave's car. And then we've got Jimmy, our fabricator, he's in Mount Gambia, helping with design work. But, and Dr. Carl, we're working closely with him. I was just speaking to him five minutes ago. I had to actually get off the phone and speak to you guys. So we're just we're just like 20 hours a day just trying to, there's so many things that we've found out that we need, and I can't say too much, but yeah, just there's um yeah, there's a lot of requirements, and we're trying to help out where we can, and 
some of it seems like really basic stuff, but like the, the face shields and stuff like that, there's you know, tens of thousands of those we need to try and somehow source in the next um, short period. And um, yeah, we're, we're focused on that. And obviously the scuba masks, we've been trying to adapt with a filter and that's all it takes a bit more because there's so much approval you need to do for medical stuff. And then we've got this aerosol box that we've made that um, basically when they're intubating a COVID patient, and the doctor's looking straight down their windpipe. That's obviously the most dangerous time for the um, the anesthesiast. I've learned a lot of medical terms in the last 12 days. <laughs> That's a big term. <laughs> most dangerous time for them to get, um, obviously, um, contaminated. So this box basically protects them if the, um, if the uh, patient coughs. I just saw Anton's one. Yeah, good. So the patient coughs <laughs> and they spray all over the... All over the anesthesiast it's really dangerous so this box goes over the patient's head and basically protects them it's like a, a third layer of um, PPE right to try and protect them so yeah well, mate, well, well done to you and everyone at the team there yeah. because uh, that's the sort of stuff we need right now uh, to keep everybody safe. But um, while you're not doing that, we're cheering on your drivers, Dave Reynolds and Anton Di Pasquale, and uh, a little bit of sugar for the start of the season. Anton's just crossed the line in first place with a ding-dong battle on the final corner with uh, Jack yeah, LeBrock cool. there. Cool. That was good. <laughs> he was he was driving pretty hard there. So we'll cover off the top ten kind quickly. Of Anton... Watch at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so Anton Di Pasquale wins it from Jack LeBrock. Chassie, Chassie Mozzie in P3. Bryce Fullwood, a good result for him. So the Walkinshaw boys having a good run. He was in fourth. Scotty Mack in fifth. Yeah. Andre Heimgartner sixth. Zane Goddard in seventh place. I reckon Zane would be pretty happy with that as a uh, as a junior burger to the sport now in the main game. That's a, that's a pretty solid res, uh, result, Barry. Uh, got our eye yeah. on Zane Goddard, have we? Yeah, I like the Zane's a good guy. Like the only only time I've really spent a lot of time with him was at Will Brown's twenty first, so it wasn't really a lot of coherent people there, but it was it was good fun and he <laughs> seems like a really good kid. But hey, um, Barry, he's obviously got some natural talent. Yes, he, he has. I, I wanna move on. I wanna to talk to you a bit more about uh obviously inside the inside line on, on Fox that's now up to I think we've had three episodes of that. Um Last year, with the cameras following you around just 24-7 at the racetracks and also outside of the racetrack as well, um, yeah. it seems like you just didn't – you were just your normal from, – from what I understand, the normal Barry Ryan, you just didn't change a thing and you just let the editors work out what they needed to work out and you just went about your business and gave – and from what it looks like from the first three shows, uh, it's going to be a sensational series. Yeah, um, I'm a bit scared about some of the last episodes I've watched and <laughs> how I'm going to be perceived. But um, yeah, like you said, I just I'm just who I am, and they put the microphone on me, and two minutes later you forget you've got it on, and you might be out the back talking to yourself or cursing yourself, and then you go, oh shit, it's on, it's on mic, and everybody's listening. But um, the editors are they they, they protect it as much as you can, but. <laughs> I've seen a couple of the last episodes. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> Have <laughs> you? Anyway, uh, it's good entertainment. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? Did you remember that you had the mic on when you went to the bathroom at the racetrack? <laughs> 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 no, no, no. And if I did, I'd, I'd, I'd just say something to the 
Lockie that was listening and they had that sound Lockie. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a lot, of, be, a lot of fun. You wouldn't be man. the first person to go to the bathroom leaving their microphone on, let me tell you. Um, but in all honesty, it's been, it's, been a, it's been a really good relief for everyone in the motorsport world to actually have some entertainment like we're seeing on the e-racing series tonight to actually yeah. get involved. It's because it's kind of that, uh, if, you're, if you've never watched it on Netflix, boys, the, the Drive to Survive, the Formula One series. So it, yeah. I'm sure you've seen that, Barry. Who would you most relate to on that one? Would, would it be uh, Gunter Steiner? Gunter Steiner would yeah. it be the head of Haas Motorsport, <laughs> do you reckon? That's what everybody's told me. But yeah, <laughs> it's funny that at the F1, if it continued, we're going to try and find him and try and do an interview together and see who can swear the most. But <laughs> <laughs> now, we'll drive, drive to survive as an example. I, I've introduced my daughter, my youngest daughter, and my wife to it and said, You've got to watch this. And they're like, Oh, it's a racing show, and then they were obsessed by it. Like they even wanted to go to the races on the Sunday and find Carlos Sainz Jr. because apparently he's hot. And um, yeah, it was definitely introduced a different demographic of people to Formula One. So maybe it'll do the same with supercars. Hey, uh, and moving on a bit, I want to talk to you about you've you've been and I've known you. Uh, you've been obviously spearheading quite a few of Betty's interest in motorsport for a long time now obviously you started off with the gt program uh and then obviously at a later date moved towards into the supercar side of things um with the success you guys have had i mean that must and i know you're you're such a passionate bloke that just wants to win races um that it must you must look back at that at where uh obviously the team was quite a few years ago and then and then go back to you know obviously 2018 was an unbelievable year for you guys and and last year to your own admission didn't uh didn't stack up as good as what you should have so but but still mm. does that take you back now and you go man that's that's a massive jump and and a proud of what you've done and be excited for what you're going to do hopefully in the next two three four years yeah, I guess the hardest thing is when you look at the, the heyday of probably Triple for you know, three or four years in a row, they sort of had the same technical package. And, you know, we finished 2017 really, really strong. Um, same technical package for 18. So you could basically go to every track knowing where you needed to start. And then obviously we lost the Twin Springs at the end of 2018. New technical package had to start 19, you know, with a few different changes. Oh, sorry, it was the start of 18, had um, lost yep. Twin Springs, I think it was. And then, um, yeah, the Mustang came in, and that it was a whole new level again you had to try and get to. And Yeah, it'd be nice to have a couple of years where it was the same technical package, but that doesn't look like it's going to happen for a while because yeah. it potentially change again in 22. Yep. But, yeah, it's all a challenge. So, you know, you just sometimes feel like you're starting again and you've got to work, you've got to build it up again which uh, two years of the same technical package would have been nice. To, yeah. And that's probably why 18 was so good because 17 and 18 were very similar. There wasn't that many changes. But then, um, yeah, it's yeah, it's been it's been tough, but it's been yeah. Yeah, rewarding. You know, nothing's ever going to beat Bathurst 2017. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. even going back there in 18 and leading, you know, being a dominant car, even though what happened, forget what happened, we... We deserved to win and were the fast car weekend, so that that was rewarding in itself, even though we didn't finish it off. Yeah, yeah, and actually, because uh, we've just got a text through actually from uh, from Supercars headquarters that uh, 
Anton's <laughs> copped uh, a penalty for that last lap lunge. So you might have to be going in and well, seeing Craig Baird on an, on an E-Series, uh, <laughs> on an E-series uh, infringement rather than a real one this time, Barry. Well, we saw Turn 1 stand down in the main driver race on Saturday. Anton got a penalty for Shane running into him, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Beto. He's a, he's a good mate of mine, but yeah, yeah. sometimes we don't disagree, but we'll... We'll always shake hands and have a beer later. So. Well, and you got to realise that, that that there's quite a few friends up and down pit lane, but you know, works work and plays plays, isn't it, Barry? Do your job, yeah. That's it. Yeah, Barry, we appreciate you dri- uh, joining us on the first ever driver seat goes i racing, and uh, we'll let you enjoy the last two races. Yeah, cool. Mate. Thanks, guys. No worries, uh, Barry. Many Ryan, times, just uh, happy for a chat. Oh no, worries. we'll call you next week. So Barry Ryan, CEO of Penrite Racing. Very interesting stuff there. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, and together we're building Australia. This is the driver's seat for Kubota. Together, we are building Australia. Welcome back to the driver's seat. We do it thanks to Kubota Building Australia. Right now, it's time for this. Now on the driver's seat, another Bendix Brakes big moment. Bendix, Australian technology for all-weather confident braking. Yeah, if you want cleaner wheels, fit Bendix Brakes. Let's see what the big moment was from round one of the E-Series. Well, if this were live real, you'd have Scafie going off off his actual head right now saying, they're gone, they're gone, they're all they're in the all fence. In the they're fence. all in the fence. They're all gone. Uh, it has been carnage. The gloves are off and uh, certainly it was straight off the line. Uh, we saw a big shunt there between, uh, I think it was Mark Winterbottom and Nick Perkett. That took them out. They went through turn two and turn three, and then all hell broke loose. I saw, at one point, I saw uh, a Walkinshaw Andretti United car on its roof. Uh, there's cars coming back to the pits now with bonnets gone, wings gone. Alex Davidson's been sent to the fence by Cam Waters. So the boys, Stevie J, the gloves are off. They've gone mental. The gloves are off. That that second, I think they got halfway around there. Was a, there was a crash on the start heading down to turn one, which was the Winterbottom Percat crash. Yep. Then they all sort of hit each other a bit at turn two through the chicane. But then around the back, I think they call it, is it the, the first Lesmo? Yeah, I think so. Which is quite a fast right-hander at Monza. And it was literally like Simmons Plains in the wet three or four <laughs> years ago now, wasn't it? It really was. It was literally cars everywhere <laughs> ploughing into each other. <laughs> And interestingly, this is probably the first real indication of Craig Baird as driver standards officer for this uh, eSports series. Uh, he's bunched him up. He's called out the safety car. <laughs> he's put them all back together again. And I heard some audio from Fox Sports there saying that if you can adjudicate on this, you'd have to be a magician. So uh, we're, we're looking at the field bunched up behind the Porsche safety car. And I think there's about five of them, six of them. The rest of them are in the pits <laughs> getting fixed. So the races have gone off tonight, which is, I think, from an entertainment point of view, that's what everyone wanted to see. Absolutely. Absolutely. What are, what are the challenges at this track, Steve? Well this track it's it's it is actually a little bit in a way like Simmons Plains. It's it's a track that has got a lot of straights, okay, and it's it hasn't got that many corners to make up time. So to be fast here at Monza, it's very, very difficult. You've got a little mix of fast corners, you've got a mix of very slow chicane style left right corners. Um, and it's very aggressive on curbs, but you can get penalised quite heavily if you use too much curbs in these games as well. So uh, very tricky, and, and I think if we can get them all on the, off, 
off the line and all rolling at the same speed, <laughs> I think we'll actually see a pretty good race because it's going to be a big braking duel and then it's going to be a lot of slipstreaming. And it's interesting. Remember we talked a little bit earlier about some of these young guys who in real life you might not actually see. Uh, Kostecki now up into third place in the NTI car, I think it is. So we're off for a restart now. Oh, no, we're actually looking at a replay. Oh, that's the world's biggest send, boys. Uh, it, you'd, be, you'd be calling an ambulance, unfortunately, if this was in real life for that one. Uh, Mozzie goes around. Scotty McLaughlin almost tips it over on its head as well. Uh, Shane Van Gisbergen out in the dirt being sent by uh, by Kostecki, I think. It's absolutely gone crazy, which is what we wanted to see. We wanted to see the boys have at it and have a bit of fun. And I think what's interesting with this iRacing platform is that it, this race is 19 laps. Half of the field are in pit lane at the moment, getting virtually getting their cars virtually fixed up. So they will rejoin the race. Holdsworth has just gone through into the lead as McLaughlin and uh, uh, the rest of the field look like they're pitting. So they've got the flashing lights going on. It looks just like real life, Stevie J, uh, except that one of the Penrite racing cars just drove straight through the middle of a, uh, a Shell V-Power car. Well, don't see that in real life. No, you don't see that in real life. But, <laughs> and got him back on the way out. Yeah, but it's one of those, I guess, situations now where, honestly, if – and we, we spoke about this before. I'm not sure if we spoke about it on air or off air, but – if you got off a plane and headed to a TV and flicked it on, you would honestly think, yep. especially at Phillip Island, that you're watching mm. a supercar race. And you know, obviously a little bit different now when you look at uh, how big the crashes were <laughs> at the start of the Monza race. Uh, but this is going to make it interesting. Obviously, there's some guys pitting now. Uh, Scotty McLaughlin's just come out of the pits. It is going to be a much closer race. 19 laps around Monza, so they're only on lap four. So there's plenty of time to go for these guys. And it's still under safety car period too. So um, hopefully all these cars get virtually fixed and we get a full field of racing. The lights will go out, so we're going to be starting racing in just a second. Put your foot down with confidence. Bendix Brakes, Australian technology for all weather confident braking. As I said, the boys are live every single Wednesday night and you can tune in and listen on the Driver's Seat app. And remember, throughout the entire BP Supercars All-Star E-Series, Matt and Steve will be live on the app 7pm to 9pm Eastern Standard Time every Wednesday night to cover everything that happens in the E-Series as it happens. All right, we'll see you next week. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.